0: Did y'all miss me? Did you miss me? Cause I sure did. Welcome everyone to another edition of Conversations with Chubb Green and Will. Shit the bed. I got me a little Ghost Energy drink in me. Swig of Red Berry for the working man. So playing it simple, guys. This is what we got going on today. I'll give you an update. On what happened? So last week, guys, I tried really, really hard to get recorded. In plan simple, guys, I had plans to do a show Monday. And basically what happened was I went to the doctor. As anybody knows me personally, I struggle with anxiety and depression really, really bad. And um, it's caused by ADHD, but it does affect me. And of course, you know, um, I got out of my doctor's office, got some good news on that. And I mean this wholeheartedly, anybody. If you struggle with that issue, please, please, I beg of you. Please talk to somebody. It's okay to admit you have an issue. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, you don't need to use it as a crutch, but, I mean, you need to sit there and make clear that, uh, hey, I have issues. I need help. Because, let me tell you, some anxiety anxiety can cause a lot of problems for you. Trust me. But, anyway, I got in my car, and I was going to go play ball at Tech. uh, Go hoop. And uh, <clears throat> playing simple. And I say uh, here in Indianapolis, Indiana, there's like a fitness center around Arsenal, next high school, Arson, Arsenal Tech's high school campus that some guys I play, I go to work with. We uh, go play ball on Mondays. And we were going to go play. I was going to play, and I got a text message from my buddy of mine, Ramon Tobin, the only Kentucky fan that I have in my contacts. <laughs> and uh, Tobin um, gave me a call and said, hey, uh, send me a text. Hey, man, you need to check on your people. I said, "What are you what, what are you talking about?" And I called him and he goes, "Man, there's a shooting downtown, Louisville." And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" And sure enough, I called dad and dad told me what was going on. So that kind of screwed my head a little bit. I mean, to be honest with you guys, um it really really screwed me up badly to a point where I was just not in I couldn't function I went and played ball And First game I didn't play well The second game I got on I played really well I thought And Came home Went and picked little man up From uh, Little man Little man wasn't feeling well So I took him to his grandmother's um, Cause when he gets sick He wants to be around his grandmother Which I have no problem with Um, And I just Did not Have The the Just the The The, the goal To To record so i pushed it back to tuesday and of course uh, you know baseball is going on right now so with little man so we didn't have time for that we were originally gonna go see super mario brothers as i take a swig of this energy drink we were originally gonna go see super mario brothers and do a review on that together and it just never never fizzled in so yeah it was kind of a little rough patch we had and it is what it is um playing simply though guys um then I told myself, okay, well, I'll get a show in Wednesday, and I tried to record three times that day, and my mic went out twice, and GarageBand was acting fucking retarded. So either way, I just didn't just didn't get one in. So I let everybody know there won't be a show this week. I will return. So I'm recording here on this Monday afternoon or Monday. Early afternoon at 11.24 on a Monday, April 17th here in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Greenwood area. And I'm feeling really, really good about this. I'm really, really happy right now with some things to talk about. We got a lot to talk about today. Kind of a free-for-all, but just to give you guys what's going on. I had planned last week to also do a little throw a little bonus episode out about the NBA playoffs, so obviously I can't do that. So far, so good. We got some good playoff games. I want to address a little issue. So, I... Um, was online yesterday. I was watching some games yesterday. I watched the Milwaukee and uh, Miami game, and then I watched. As I take a drink, this energy drink. I um, was watching the, um, and I watched uh, last night the Clippers and the Suns game. So I, I, I was, and I watched the first three quarters of the Brook. Uh, the, uh, actually, I take it back. I watched all four games yesterday, and uh, basically, um, there's been a little controversy now stirred up by online by people. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the the starting forward for forward slash center slash just when he plays basketball, for the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, the best player in the world, he went up in the air for a layup and a guy slid underneath him for a charge and he fell on his back and he was knocked out of the game. He got hurt. The more uh, then earlier also that day, the Memphis Grizzlies were playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Ja Morant drove to the middle of the floor. A guy stepped in front of him for take a charge, and he fell and hurt his wrist. Now people are online saying we need to take charges out of the game. We need to take them out of the game. They're danger. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. And plain and simple. Uh, Playing and simple guys um, Here's my thing We're going to take Charge that game Let's just take Double teams out Let's just take Full court press out Let's take Man to man defense out Let's just take two, the, the zone defense out Let's just take Defense completely Out of the game Because that's what They're doing with this People online Who are saying this 90% of them Or 70 79 I'll go, I'll go 60% of them As my damn birds Are chirping in the background 70% of them have never, ever played competitively. They've only played pickup. They've never played in a league or anything else. People, and a guy on my Facebook, I put that on my status on Facebook, and somebody says, well, would you... Um... Um. Uh, w- 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 would you, would you? How would you feel if you got rammed by a grown ass sweaty man? First off, using the word ram for to me, eh, a little weird. How about staying there and just uh, uh, taking a charge, getting run over? How about that? Use the term ran over, rammed is like, huh? But anyway, and I made it clear. I said sometimes you got to step out of the way or make a business decision. If a guy's coming at you full speed and you know he's a locomotive, get the hell out of the way because either A, he's going to stumble on himself or and he's going to miss a shot, or B, he may make the shot. But either way, you need to make a damn business decision. Or if you want to stand t- there, take charge. I've taken charges. Man, I bruised my damn ribs. I've gotten hit. I've been kicked. I mean, it happens. It's, it's Basketball is physical. It's a physical game. Like... Like I'm like seriously like it's phys- it's a physical game. It's physical. I mean I've been I mean some of those I mean you I've been screened I've been back screened I've been I've been side hip screened from a blind side and let me tell you that hurts worse than taking a charge. I don't understand this whole analogy. We we need to make things safer for guys and for our players and everything else. These guys are making forty. The average NBA salary is ten million a year a year. Giannis Antetokounmpo is making probably between forty or fifty million dollars a year on his NBA contract, not counting his endorsements or his shoe deal or his jersey sales. Just counting his contract, John Morant got a big has a big extension. These guys are taken care of. These guys know what they're stepping on the court for. Do you want to change the rules slightly? They want to change the rules slightly of guys sliding underneath. That's fine. I understand that. You want to take that out? Good. I'm cool with that. But guys standing there, just when the guy's driving, guy steps up and stands there and takes it? Please, give me a damn break. You guys are just being soft. Some people are just being soft. My God. I mean, Jesus Christ. And the players and the players say, okay, they feel that way, that's fine. But it's like, these guys, it's hurting the game. These guys have careers. Like, Shut up. Good God almighty. Y'all get on my fucking nerves with that bullshit. But anyway, um, so obviously, movie reviews have not been been on this program in a little while. Super Mario Brothers um, was going to be playing, so was John Wick Four. I haven't gotten around to it; been very busy. But I did watch a film with my girlfriend the other night on a Monday night. Monday night, we we're at the. She came home from work. And, uh, we were sitting down she goes, let's watch this Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey film. Now I'd already known, I've heard the reviews about it. So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey was basically a horror film that was made by, I believe by a British production company that made a horror film based off the Winnie the Pooh thing. And I got here to tell you this guys, I'm not going to give you a full review on it. I don't have the time or the patience. It's a bad fucking movie. It's horrible. It's horrible. You know, if they had a concept with this where they could have really made something out of this, they could have really done something with this. Instead, they made a generic ass slasher film. What they could have done is, you know, instead, you know, I'm thinking maybe Winnie will kill somebody with a honeypot over their head or oh brother or something like that. But no. Pooh and Piglet are in this, and they don't even speak a word, basically. There is a killing scene where uh and by the way, I want to say the casting in this. I know Winnie and Piglet and the guy who plays Christopher Robin, obviously, but the other characters, I can't remember a damn thing of their names or anything, and I've watched this movie twice, because I actually was going to review it on here to give you guys a heads up. I was going to make a TikTok out of it, and i it's just so baffling how bad it is. The acting is horrible. There's CGI in this for certain scenes that make it look so generic and so shitty, Um the 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 hot they make Pooh and Piglet they're basically full-grown adults, but they're animal bred or some way or whatever. The mask that Pooh and Piglet have look like spirit Halloween costumes. Um also there is one scene in this film with Pooh that's very terrifying. He has a flashback sequence with Christopher Robinson promising that he's never gonna ban him, and Pooh's comes back at Pooh's eyes let up and they're like like you see his eyes through the mask and it's pretty damn it is pretty frightening um but outside of that basically the story synopsis says Christopher Robin always used to bring you know the 100 acre woods and bring Pooh Piglet Eeyore Rabbit and all of them and Rue I think always would bring him like food and eventually he grew up and grew away from them and Pooh and them felt abandoned and they ended up eating Eeyore and becomes maniacal and devious and basically they never they swear revenge. And Christopher Robin comes back years later with, I think, a girlfriend or fiancé of his. And um, they end up, he finds out what Pooh and Piglet are, and they cap- capture him. And basically, they terrorize the 100 Acre Woods. And by the way, it's so fucking generic. There's a sign literally made out of cardboard for it that says 100 Acre Woods on it. Nothing about this movie screams like this was a good idea. To the point where I'm sitting there going like, when people bash horror films, this is the type of movie you watch and you go, this is why people bash horror films. I told you horror films are generic. This is the type of film what you say, well, we got a bad one here, but we got great ones over here. That's where you and this is where people say, well, the horror films are all the same. When in, in fact it's not. So And that's the that's 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 my opinion on it. But anyway, this is a film on a scope one tonight. i give it like a 0.5 or, or barely a 1. It's horrible. Now, they did say that they, this film made a profit and there will be a sequel. We're also getting a Bambi film and a Peter Pan film. Now, the Peter Pan film, if you know the story on that, the, the whole story about Peter Pan, that can be good. But Bambi? Uh, I don't know. But they are making a sequel to this Winnie Blue Blood and Honey. And it, it's made four or five times the amount of the, the budget they spent on it. And maybe it'll make the film better. Maybe they make a film better. But this film to me is dreadful. Stay away from it. Don't watch it. Just ignore it. Stay away from it. Ignore it and watch If it's free on Amazon Prime or shows up on Shredder or a horror streaming service and it is free, my, be my guess. Watch it. But I'm going to warn you, you are going to sit there and pull your fucking hair out, scratch your head like, what the fuck was this? Great concept, poorly constructed, bad budgeting, everything else. Fuck that movie. Plain and simple. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now, got some news to talk about with uh, some updates on some Lord of the Rings stuff. Basically, as I pull up on my laptop here, Lord of the Rings basically as as one of a franchise that I'm always been a big big fan of. I've always enjoyed it. I've always thought it's awesome. Return of the King is Return of the King is one of my favorite films. Uh, and I've heard a rumor that we are there is a new Lord of the Rings movie in production. Now the the series that was on the series that was on uh, that's on Amazon Prime. I've watched four episodes of it. I got distracted and Basically, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Was it was really good from what I've seen. So, Variety.com posted this article Lord, New Lord of the Rings movie set at Warner Brothers. This was posted um, a while back, but I really didn't pay much tiff, n- enough attention to it. But I want to check it out. So, here we go Warner Brothers Pictures is revamping the Lord of the Rings film franchise. On a Thursday evening call, Warner Bros. Discovery CEO Dave Salat announced that there is a newly installed studio leaders Mike DeLuke and Pamela have broken a deal to make multiple films based around the beloved J. Uh, J.R. Tol- Tolkien books. The project will develop through Warner Bros. New Line Cinema label, WB's label New Line Cinema, the first of the Lord of Rings trilogy held by Peter Jackson, grossed nearly three billion worldwide uh, Jackson's trilogy followed up trilogy based on the Tolkien's Hobbit matched those three grosses and we'll stop right here I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the best trilogy trilogies ever f- made from top to bottom it's up there with like the first Star Wars the, the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy the original three Star Wars films obviously not the prequels but the ones that set before that that happened before that and, other, uh, and also I think the uh, the John Wick trilogy even though I haven't seen the four I think the John Wick trilogy is really good too so there's a group there's like a four or five set of trilogies out there that are really really good and this is one of them the Hobbit franchise the three that we got with that I felt like the Hobbit franchise was a film whereas a film they try to make into three they try to take this big book and make the into three movies and it just it was executed well but there were some things that just didn't make sense to me I do like the trilogy, though. I do. No filmmakers have been attached to the projects as of yet, but in a statement of Variety, Jackson, the main Lord of the Rings co- li- uh, collaborators, Fran Walsh and Philip Bones said, Warner Bros. and Embracer have kept us in the loop every step of the way. So that makes me happy that uh, Jack- Peter Jackson... Is going to be involved with this because I do like him as a director. We are looking forward to speaking with them further to hear their vision for the franchise moving forward. Jackson, Walsh, and Brown said, "Free mode division of and Embracer Group made the adaptive rights deal for the books, including Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The patch built under the Middle Earth Enterprises." Nobly, Duluth and Abbey left MGM last year to take the helm of Warner Bros. They're actually following the acquisition of MGM by Amazon. The tech giant on the rights, TV rights to Lord of the Rings, and produced a single, se- tele- uh, single, uh, a single season television at a gut bust price of over $450 million in 2022. And that series, from what I've watched, guys, production value, it's amazing in my opinion. Following our recent acquisition, of the Middle-Earth Enterprise. We are thrilled to embark on a new collaboration journey with New Line Cinema and Warner Bros. Pictures bringing in an incomparable world of JR Tokens back to the big screen in new and exciting ways, said Lee, CEO of Freedom Free Mode. We understand how cherished Lee's works are and working together with our partners at New Line Cinema and Warner Bros. Pictures to plan the honor, the past, look at the future, and adjust to the strongest level of quantity and production values. Uh, Deleuze, uh Addy recalled the New Line previously took a personal leap of faith and incredible Stories. Incredible stories. As I check to make sure the recording still go go. Incredible stories and characters of the world of Lord of the Rings on the Big Screen. But for all scoop and detail loving pack into three two trilogies, two trilogies, the vast and complex dazzling universe deemed up by J.R. Tolkien remains largely unexplored. That makes me happy because there's so much more in those books that was kept out and I've read all of them. And I think there's so much more that they can be explored. There's so many side quests and side chapters you can do with this. It's like a video game. You're like we can stay on pat with the story, or we can take the side quests real quick. And large projects and timelines are were not made, uh, needed need me disclosed. The first tr- Jackson trilogy starred Elijah Wood, Ian McLean, Olivia Tyler, Viggo Morrison, Sean Astin, Kate Blanchett that trio of films was nominated for 30 academy awards took home 17 took home 17 trophies, including the best picture for 2003's lord of the rings lord of the rings return of the king so basically they go on to say what they got coming out later share for warner Brothers. but i am a fan and this is what they're saying um, the film will be a, fa- a fantasy and anim- they're going to be a new film and what I've been written... I'm going to go to Wikipedia because I know Wikipedia is true. But this is what it says. It's going to be called Lord of the Rings, The War of Raharon. And this impressive means set 183s before the events of Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. The War of Raharon tells the story of Helm Hammerhand, the legendary King of Rohan, who must defend against an army of their wetlands. It becomes a namesake for the stronghold of Helm's Deep. So basically, we got Brian Cox. He's cast as Helm Handler, the King of Rohan. Miranda Otto as Awa, a future showman of Rohan who... Uh, a Rohan who narrates the film. Oha respires her role from Peter Jack's the Ring film series, so that makes me happy. Gawa Wise as Hurrah, the daughter of Helm who defends her people. Luke Pelosi as Wolf, the ruthless raider of the Wetlands who seeks revenge against Rohan for the death of his father. Lawrence Ombang Williams as Fraha Ledinson, the Helms Hellison, Helm's nephew and successor to the throne of Rohan. Sean Doodley. Duly as Fresset Wolf's father and Lord. And there's other names down here that are un, on on um, underclosed roles, but I am very, very excited with this. And it's basically it looks like it's going to be an animation film. So okay, it's an animation film. So, hey, that's not that's not a bad idea. I, I like that. So it keeps, it's going to be, it's going to be basically produced with New Line Cinema and Warner Bros. Animation with 2D t- traditional animation produced by Soul. So that, so they're still going to keep it traditional. Okay, so it's going to f- take place in a different timeline. So I like this idea. You know, why not put it, in, put it on, put it in a situation, make an animation film. Because if you remember, they had animation films years ago with, uh, with, uh, gosh, the company speaks my, it. it escapes me but it they were really they were widely loved by a lot of people so i I, that that makes me feel exciting for this um yeah i'm i'm up for that man i'm really up for that and i think it's a good idea all right so we got some new news for some new news in the louisville trans report There's some news So I'm going to go to BigRedLouis.com You know I always keep The update with the I'm a little fan So I'm going to talk about So we're going to talk about This thing Mackenzie Mangboke Is A former Duke Commit From this year's uh, Past uh, From this past That's upcoming season He decommitted And Plain and simple guys He Requested his link And we're going to Pull this up and we're going to talk about this because this guy here is a guy that everybody was talking about. When he and there has been rumors about this, but I'm going to pull this up. Cameron Frank once again has always done a great job on this app on this website. So here we go: 2023 20, five-star four McKenzie Mabook request release from national uh, from an NIL naming from no, no national letter ten. Excuse me, national letter ten. Louisville expected to be involved. And I'm going to start with the article now 2023 five-star forward Mackenzie Mabook has requested his release For his national letter attempt with Duke University Per Joe Tipton of 003 The former McDonald's All-American Had been committed to Duke since April 8, 8th, April 8th, 2022 And he pulls up the Twitter thing You see the picture Coming out of high school University of Kentucky made a huge fruit from Mabook But edged out now by Duke Now Kentucky has the number one overall recruiting class in college basketball with four five-stars and one four-star recruit. Once it was announced, Mackenzie Mabook, Mabook requested his, uh, from his national letter, tent. speculation began circulation quickly turned to the Wildcats, but Kentucky Radio Sports, Jack Pilgrim, quickly dispelled the rumors. He basically tweeted out and I, from you know Kentucky Sports Radio. Anybody who knows me knows how I feel about him, but usually when they tweet that Kentucky's not looking at the guy, they're telling them the truth. Kentucky is not expected to be involved with Duke signing Mackenzie Mabook sources tell caret as John Kyle Perry is exploring venture operator company as five main recruiting class expect Louisville to make a push with North Carolina Lumen as well. Now when I saw that on Twitter I thought what the fuck and then I started thinking about wait a minute Nolan recruited him. Nolan Smith assistant head coach at the University of Louisville. In the same tweet, he acknowledged that Louisville could be involved pursuing the highly coveted five-star Kenny Payne has a success in recruiting former five-star recruits who were requestably released from their national leather intent from different divisional programs, asked Dennis Evans. Their connection to McKenzie that Louisville has is assistant coach Nolan Smith, who was an assistant at Duke while he was there intentionally made contact with Mabook <coughs> prior to his commitment to the Blue Devils. The connection led to Jack Pilgrim's colleague to other similar words. Don't count Louisville out, though. Mabook's relationship with assistant coach Nolan Smith has recruited Naboot to Duke before taking the job on Kenny Payne's staff. North Carolina is expected to get involved. To wrap this up perfectly, Nolan Smith stated in an interview, we have some big-time players come in. I can't say any names. If Nolan was referring to Mabook with a statement, then Louisville's already talented recruiting class would skyrocket even higher. Plus, Kenny Payne should be recruiting from Senegal sometime, if not already, as the NBA Academy first officially ended this past Sunday. It will be exciting recruitment to fold. So plain and simple, guys, Nolan went on a was at back in uh they he went to the final four in Houston this past this uh whatever past season. And basically, plain and simple, he made a statement, goes the guy made a joke says, So when is Louisville gonna be back? Is Louisville ever gonna come back? One of the guys, says, let's be honest, Louisville is one of the biggest programs in college basketball. Tradition-wise, Blue Blood, Powerhouse, and also the media market. It was the number one media market for college basketball once again this season when it all came to television and everything else. And also for the NCAA tournament, too. So that's why Louisville's always gotten the prestige it's had. And Nolan says, this is what he came back. We're going to fix this program. I got some big-time players coming in. I just can't say any names. And it's been talked about for a while now. This has been talked about for a while now. You look at it. And it makes you think, like raise your eyebrow, like, hmm, like what is he talking about? And and everybody was speculating. Well, he's talking about the guys already commit that were signed. Whoever can't say names, but there are they were already their names were already out there. So you knew some. Come to find out, I did some research, guys. And Mackenzie Mabook, Nolan had been in contact with him even after he signed. He was keeping his eyes out, checking on how he was doing. And plain and simple, Mackenzie. <clears throat> had been like he played well in high school but there was always speculation like nobody really knew about it. he hadn't signed his commitment with Duke or his letter he he just has national letter 10. he didn't really sign with him he hasn't signed with him and it was rumored and it was getting close then Kyle Flipolowski the starting big man for Duke announced he was coming back and that's when everybody started thinking the rumor came out like wait a minute what's going on here and then McKenzie released asked for requested for his release. So it makes you wonder, was Nolan talking about McKenzie? Because it's not tampering with recruiting, and it's not. You can do that. You can still recruit a guy if, unless he's fully signed. As long as he's got his national letter of 10, he was still, you can still recruit him actively. You can still recruit him. There was reports years ago, last year, when Nolan took this job, that some Duke recruits were thinking about going with Nolan, were going to that Nolan had recruited on last year's class, and this upcoming class that this year, well, I mean last year, 2022s and 2023s that were gonna to go to Louisville. What happened was they last minute, from what I read and I heard, was a lot of guys backed off because of the allegations with Louisville. They didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, like I was said, I've said before on this podcast many times before, if that's that ruling that we got came down in May like middle of April to May to June, we would have got some guys. There were Last year's team would not have been as bad as it was. That being said, if McKenzie comes to Louisville, I'm all for it. If he doesn't, move on to the next one. I want the kid here at Louisville. He can make an immediate impact and get us back to where we, where we need to be, getting back to the tournament, getting this rebuild started, and get off the right tracks. That being said, with the roster we have in place, I am a huge fan. Of what this roster looks like compared to last year. Totally compared. I'm not going to make any predictions right now. I'm waiting to see what the rest of the roster fills out. Because we all know they're going to add guys. We all know that. But I want to address some elements in the room. And if you don't want to hear some bad language said. You might want to turn this damn thing off. But I thank you for downloading and sharing and talking about. It. Does people. Do fans on Louisville's Twitter. Is so fuck. people on Louisville Twitter is so toxic. I want to talk about something. Um, somebody tweeted out. I'm gonna say his name. Rashawn Myers tweeted out something. I'm gonna pull this up real quick as I go to my Twitter account here on my laptop. And Rashawn Myers said this. With Kamari Lands going to Arizona State, Jalen Witters is going to North Carolina, and now it seems that the rumor is now L. Ellis is heading to Arkansas. It's starting to become clear to at least other fire programs. Little believe that Little had several amount talent on the roster, and they just weren't utilized properly. First off, Rashawn, let's be honest about that. You're talking about Jalen Withers, a kid that had to play when he came in here, was recruited as a small ball forward, a small four, excuse me, or a power forward, had to play the five, the center of his freshman year. His sophomore year, he had expectations and everything else, but the team was totally screwed up record recognition with max suspension. And this season, he let's be honest, this season, he played well on spots, but it still had issues defensively. He turned the ball over. He had to he just it didn't work. It did not work. He needed to go. Kamari Lance was a top 30 to 40 recruit coming out of high school, was pitched to come in as a scorer and had to play the two-guard position. He said he was a guard, and it proved it wasn't a guard, and he had issues defensively. L. Ellis had the ball in his hand a lot of times because it's the only guard that could recruit because of the allegations against him and everything else. And he was a little bit of a loose can and defensively didn't do a lot. And like, I don't care about that email. And let's see this quote real quick. Somebody cr- Somebody said. Somebody said this. It's crazy how much you talk how you talk about the negative in depth. You're turning to a troll. That is true on that. Those were three of our best players. Let's see where Fabio Re, Fabio Basili, Reed Davis, Rose Wheeler, Curry, and who else transfer end up. So that tells you those three guys were highly saluted. Why is. Fabio not committed anywhere. Why is Davis not committed anywhere? Reed Davis. Why is Rose Wheeler and Curry never committed? That's, those three guys were top, were big, were solid acquisitions. You're acting like Arizona. Look, first off, North Carolina, I understand. Arkansas is a, is hot right now with Munslin and the recruiting he's doing. But Arizona State with Bobby Hurley, are they making any noise? I mean, they're a good team on the West Coast, but have they, have they made any noise? Like, it's always somebody on this damn Twitter app. Let's talk about Karan Davis real quick. Excuse me. Karan Davis is a Juco player coming in next year who is a guard. Because, you know, we don't have enough guards here. We don't have enough guards, as I roll my eyes. And... I mean this wholeheartedly. Fans are on here are talking about, well, Karan Davis, he's a JUCO guy. He's 6'7", but he's really a wing. Why does Kenny Payne want so many wings and everything else? And what the fuck? Can we get some guards? Blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing, man, and I mean this wholeheartedly. Y'all will do anything in your mind. When there was announced that there was rumors about us getting McKenzie, you guys literally said, well, we need guards anyway. Why do we need another forward? Dude, he's a top 10 player in the country. He can come in and start immediately. What is the, what is this notion that everybody in this fucking world wants to sit here and say, well, you know, Karan Davis is just a wing. Trent Flowers is a wing. Mike James is a wing. Let me make this clear to you guys. Positionless basketball is now the way to go. Yes, I know we need a backup guard to Sky Clark, who will be our starting point guard. Make no mistakes about it. Make no, no mistakes about it. But you look at other guys. Everybody around here has got sources where they talk about. Well, I heard you know they had this guy before he made it into the portal, and then all of a sudden you know they fumbled a bag with him. First off, there's certain guys Kenny Payne wants to get. There's certain guys he has reached out to. He's reached out to a lot of guys. Everybody was bitching about Kenny Payne going to Africa. to look at Churchill Bass and other prospects in the future. You know why he's doing this, right? Because not only it's him. But Dukes over there, Texas is over there. NBA pro scouts are over there looking at these guys. You look at UConn right now; their best player was a six foot ten African center outside of their guard Hawkins. But I'm just saying, what you look at the top five players in the four out of the five NBA players, NBA players in the league: Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joker, Embiid. Luka Doncic, four of them are overseas players. I mean, what else do you want to... Why do people not look up and read this shit? All these guys are committed over here. We're going to have a game Shut the fuck up. All you guys want to do is bitch and moan about everything. Like, I've been very critical of myself, and I know I've said I shot my mouth off sometimes. I've made some bad predictions last year, and I'll stand on my own. But every time, these, these the media or these so-called fans who are proven wrong, they always want to come back with a little backtrack. Well, okay, about time he gets it done. You know what? I swear to God. I swear to God. When Kenny Payne turns us around next year, and we're in the NCAA tournament, which I think is going to happen more than likely, and we're competing, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to look and say, I told you so, and I'm going to make sure every single person on Twitter knows what I mean, and I'm going to give them hell. He has a top five recruiting class coming in next year. He has really great prospects around him that he wants, that he knows will fit the culture, guys that want to be a Louisville Cardinal. Now, for the other guys that transferred, I'm glad, you know what, wish them the best, but I'm glad they're gone. They needed to go. I hate to use the term damaged goods, but it is what it is. They were damaged. They've been through a lot. They had to get away. And the fans around here have not have not stopped. They have not fucking stopped to the point where it's like, back the fuck off. You got a guy on here on Twitter that called L. Ellis a bitch because he's transferring. You know, there's nothing I can't stand. It's so, probably some little Matty Mouse motherfucker who wants to run his mouth about a certain player for no reason. He's probably at home and his mama's basically went on the macaroni cheese and the lasagna to get done. He probably doesn't even know nothing. Shut up. My God, Kenny Payne is going to get some guys, plain and simple. And for the people that want Kenny Payne gone, look, guys, I'm letting you know, he ain't going nowhere. I mean this real real thing about this. He was He was John Calipari's head recruiter all those years in Kentucky. Calipari does have the number one recruiting class coming this year. But besides that, what has John Calipari done without him? What has John Calipari done without him? I'm going to ask this again and again. And somebody answer that for me and go look at the record. All those great teams that Calipari has had at Kentucky, Kenny Payne recruited about 70 to 90% of those guys. And a lot of those guys have been on Louisville campus this past summer working out with guys because Kenny's rapport. You don't think a guy who's coached in the NBA with the New York Knicks and has connection with Worldwide West and Justin Perez of Rock Nation, who is the head of basketball operations at the University of Louisville. You don't think they're going to get guys, going to make guys turn their heads? Dennis Evans, number 11 player in the country. Trent Flowers, a top 20 player who would have been a McDonald's All-American, but he reclassified and he is ready to play. They're saying, Karan Davis, a Juco standout who can score and fill it up. Um... Am I missing anybody? Oh, Sky Clark, a guy who was a starting point guard, who was a top 20, 20, 30-player prospect out of high school, had his issues with some injuries. And not only that, had, had some injuries issues, but Payne recruited in high school. And by the way, McKenzie and him went on each other, were with each other at Kentucky for a visit. And by the way, also, for people out there that are attacking Sky Clark, say, well, he transferred schools, he did this and that. You know what happened last year at Illinois Why he left that team? His dad was sick. I believe it was his father or somebody in his life that was a, a somebody really important to him was diabetic and was about to die. That was what was going on. That's why he left. What's wrong with taking care of your family? Why do people? People just make this big assumption about things and just throw out this narrative and they don't know a fucking thing what they're talking about. They don't know a fucking thing what they're talking about. And that, that's what's sad to me. Is that Louisville fans used to be some of the smartest fans you ever find, but they forgot, they forgot. And I know that's the old saying, winning takes care of everything. We need to win. I get that. I understand that. But the media down there's not stopped. Rick Bozick went on a show the other day and made a real clear comment. He says, Louisville, I expect Louisville to add two transfer portal guards and another guy to go along with it and they're gonna be and they're gonna fill this roster out. The big name I've been hearing is Tyler Perry from North Texas. I want him, but do I think we'll get him? I don't know. Sky Clark, I believe, will be the starting guard. Kenny Payne wants to establish culture, and everybody's made joke of those comments. I swear to God, everybody wants to be grumpy, run their mouth about this. As I'm finishing a ghost injury drink I'm going to take a sip of this water real quick. I'm going to talk about Marcus Maybin here in a minute, too. Everybody's been running their mouth, talking about, well, you know, it, it's always been this, it's always been that. Uh, it's always, you know, everybody wants to run their mouth and talk their bullshit. You know, Rashawn Myers is one of the guys that bring I come that comes to my mind with this media thing. He has been critical and he has the right to be critical, but he's overdone it. He acts like he knows he he's the type of guy that if you talk basketball, well, your opinion doesn't matter. Really, Rashawn? You him and Marcus Mabin, you know, he called Marcus Mabin out. Marcus Mabin was a great player at that a really good, okay, great, but a really good player, and you're gonna just tell him you act like you know more than him. Are you fucking kidding me? And then the media down there, the Ethan Moores of the world, they haven't stopped. And then you know the Kentucky Sports Radio analysts, they've ate it up and ran their mouth. And also that bald that that no good piece of shit, Sweeney. I ain't forgot about what you told me on Twitter, by the way, years ago, Sweeney. You're a fake tough guy. You run your mouth about people. You ain't nothing but a piece of shit. Fuck you, Sweeney, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Ty Spaulding, who wants to call fans out for loser mentalities when they were said, we need to go through this rebuild. Oh, I was that fan. Yeah, Ty, I forgot about you. Fuck you too. Whatever. I'm just so sick and tired of this media. The media out here act like they know everything. You know, Ty's big big thing last year was uh Dre Davis and his brother were wanted to stay in Louisville, and they were told to go. No, they were told to go over other there were some things that happened down there, they were told to go. And last time I checked, Dre Davis and, and Ty Davis were barely getting were playing what were playing for Seton Hall, a team that barely went five hundred. and Dre Davis numbers, look at his numbers. They were horrible. So can we stop with this whole fucking notion of these guys were told this and that. Yeah, they had to get rid of some guys. Guys had to go. Kenny Payne had nothing to work with last year, but one guard that can get a bucket, a, a top 30-40 recruit that came in and could not get it together. Mike James, who um, – I'm actually, I'm going to say that. Sidney Curry came in overweight, was out of shape Rose Wheeler I don't know what happened with him Devin Reed never got on the floor because he he got whatever Fabio Brasilli had issues with with work ethic and just wanting to work He, he was just there for a scholarship spot to be honest with you at that point just to fill the roster Jalen Withers, a guy that I think has got more talent than anybody in the world who can go out there and ball but had issues with consistency. And LL is a a ball-dominant scoring guard that had to play point guard. So how do you make that work? How do you make that work? You couldn't make it work. You couldn't. And unfortunately, I was too blind and stupid to see it, and I, I own up to that. I am just so fucking fed up. I'm just so fucking fed up with this shit. These people out here, these Twitter coaches, and these media man experts that think they know basketball. But there are three bright spots for this team that came back from last year. Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I think has got all the potential and talent in the world. I think his motor, he needs to be pushed a little bit. His motor's a little different, but I think he is going to be a bright spot. And the two guys that got developed more than anybody, Mike James, struggled defensively, Turn the ball over a lot, but Mike James, in my opinion, you've got to keep a guy like Mike James around. He can play. Mike James can be an NBA first-round pick. He has that much talent. I am a big fan of Mike James, and I expect him to take a bigger bump next year with his role. And J.J. Trainer, a guy I, and I make this clear, I have rooted for J.J. I have applauded for J.J. because he's a Bradstown kid. His dad played at Louisville, and I rooted for him. And J.J. Trainer was the best rebounder we had last year and Kenny Payne developed him he had him working Payne developed Mike James got him right by the end of the year you saw the spots with them you saw the spots with them and it's going to work out just the talent level looks better too so that being said we still got a little bit less we got less than 30 days left in the portal to get guys going because the portal closes on May May 11th and we're going to get some guys to the media down there, I pray to God. If you want to think Kenny Payne's wrong, I'll admit you guys are right. Congratulations, you guys were right. But if you're, if this thing does turn around and you start applauding Kenny Payne, I'm gonna be with that guy on Twitter that's gonna be. Remember all that bullshit you were talking about? Remember all that bullshit you were spamming? You guys are probably gonna block me. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make f- a fucking honest thing to make sure they block me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure they block me. Plain and simple. And another thing also. To the fans out there that say, well, I buy my season tickets and everything else, good. Give them up. I don't give a shit if you buy your season tickets. I don't give a shit what you buy. I don't care. All that matters to me is winning. Because you know what? When the Yum Center is getting 20,000 strong next year, I'm going to be at the Yum for those games. I'm going to look at y'all and say, where were y'all at last year? Oh, now now y'all want to come. Okay, yeah, 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 you bandwagon motherfuckers. Anyway, enough talk about basketball. Let's talk about Louisville football. I'm a big fan of Jeff Bromway's he's doing. But I'm gonna make this real clear to you guys. i like what Jeff Brom's done, and I've been critical of Braum in the past, and it wasn't his fault, it was the fact that there was a guy by who is now says he was bring Brom home. Now he's brought Brom home. And this is not a knock against the guy, but he was so annoying about it. And in, in, in his way, he wanted Louisville. To hire Brom, he wants Satterfield gone and wants Brom. I get it, I understand it. I was a man like, well, look, man, he wants big games, but he's dropped some balls. But look, what does Satterfield do here? I know, I understand, I get it. I was wrong on that one, but it was so fucking annoying to the point I ended up hating Brom, and I don't, I didn't want Brom here. Now I want him. I want Brom here. I'm excited for it, but I'll make this real clear. With that schedule he's got, he better win nine or ten games next year. Or I'm going to sit there and look at y'all and say, okay, I want the same level of criticism for Jeff Brom as you guys are giving Kenny Payne. I want the same because I'm going to be... Uh, I want to be at it. And if y'all use that two sport, two different sports analogy with me, I'm going to scream. I am going to scream. And I'm going to pull my fucking hair out. Another thing I want to talk about with these uh, fan stupidity right now, we're going to go back on women's basketball. Haley Van Flint ended up transferring. She ended up transferring and basically, she won the portal. She's going to transfer. She got her degree at Louisville. She's moved on. She's going to move closer to home. That's what they're saying. And Louisville fans out there, I've heard things. Well, she wasn't that big enough player for us. She did. was run her mouth, which is totally asinine and bullshit. And I heard the rumors, we need to fire Jeff Walls. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fire a guy that's been to fucking five straight Elite Eights, multiple Final Fours, because i want to make this clear. Who are we going to get better than Jeff Walls? And y'all are out here bitching about that now. It's just like, how stupid do you guys feel right now? Walls has not got a grasp on the portal. He's has issues. And last year, that team was not very talented. They, they, they played hard, but they weren't that talented. But, of course, you know, he made it work. He had Haley Van Flint. She played her ass off. One of the best players in the country. She's gone now. And it is what it is, man. It is what it is. She's gone. I wish nothing of the best. But y'all, are, I really hear her saying, like, y'all want Wall's fire. We, he can't win the big one. Whatever. Shut the hell up. You guys are pathetic. Pathetic to the point I'm just like, what the fuck ever. Just God almighty. Little fans irk my fucking nerves, man. They irk my nerves so fucking bad to the point I'm just like, whatever. With y'all. I'm going to pull my fucking hair out. So, what are we going to talk about this weekend? This weekend, we got something to talk about. We got to talk about a little boxing, though, Saturday night. A little rumble, baby. Ryan Garcia versus Javante Tank Davis. I'm going to pull this fight up on Twitter for y'all. Or I'll pull this up. So, basically, guys, everybody knows. Five-time three-division world champion Javante Tang Davis and hard-hitting sensation Ryan Garce- King, King Ryan Garcia will face off in a highly anticipated match live on pay-per-view. Here's the tell of a tape right now for you guys. Javante Davis, 28, and don't care about the alerts. 28-0 knockout percentage, 26. That's 92.8% of his mat- his matches turned to knockouts. Undefeated at 130, a fight at 134, five foot five and a half, and a 67-inch reach. Southpaw, 28 years of age. Ryan Garcia, 23 and 0, 19 KOs, 82.61 percentage KOs, weight 130, height 510, reach 70%, orthodox, and, and he's young age 24. Okay, so let's talk about this. Here's my thing there are a lot of people out there that are saying this is the guy that's going to beat Javante Tank Davis. And for my boxing fans out there, they're kind of like our hardcore Tank fans and hardcore Garcia Finance, this is a big matchup people have been wanting to see this I'm going to make this really really clear to you guys I think Ryan Garcia's hands and speed is something to really keep an eye on to really keep an eye on in this I think he has really he's he's got really good confidence he's, he's orthodox obviously he's bigger than Tank he's longer than Tank he is going to do he's going to try and do his thing he says he's going to knock Tank out here's my thing with this and this is where I, this is where I'm picking Tank to win this fight by a knockout. Ryan Garcia is going to go in there and he's going to try and get inside, get close to Tank and going to start swinging at him like crazy. Tank is really good at getting inside with that uppercut and that left hand he's got, and it's nasty. Javante Davis is a miniature Mike Tyson with the power in his hands. Now Tank is not unbeatable; he is beatable. There, he's been had some questions in fights, and he has had some issues in his fights. Make it wait and shit. But the people out there that think is gonna be the one to do this, y'all are out of your fucking mind. I don't I, I get the get this thing, but in my opinion, I'm rolling with Tank. I'm rolling with Tank, and I'm thinking it's gonna be either a knockout or a TKO stoppage in the seventh or eighth round. I think it comes late. I can't think it comes that late. I think Garcia will win some rounds. I think he might even stun tank in this. I think he can. But if y'all really believe in your mind that. Tank it, it, That Garcia is going to be the one he, It's going to be a one sided fight You're fucking crazy You are fucking crazy Plain and simple And that's just the way I feel about things Now we we'll want to talk about some other things going on in boxing We got some big I'm going to pull up some So we got some upcoming I'm going to pull up some uh, I don't care right now about that so, basically, I'm going to pull up this boxing. This is the upcoming boxing schedule. And this is what we got going on. Do, 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 so, basically, April 22nd, Tank and Garcia, 12 rounds, 136, a weight. May 20th, Las Vegas, Devin Haney versus, Valimino, uh, for, versus Lomachenko, 12 rounds for Haney's Undisputed Lightweight Championship. We got... In Dublin, Ireland, Katie Taylor and uh, Conchino Chaman for Cameron's Undisputed Junior Welterweight Championship. June 10th, Josh Taylor versus Female Lopez Jr. for t- uh, Taylor's WBO Junior Welterweight, uh, welterweight title, t- title. And Stephen Fulton versus Nana Anunu for Fulton's WBC and Junior Welterweight um, uh, <clears throat> title. So these are the upcoming events. So obviously more events are coming through. There could be more stuff that are coming out on certain things. Obviously... You know, we got and in May. We got Canelo Alvarez versus John Ryder. Canelo is going to be fighting again. Um, a lot, a lot of fight. This is right at the time where box start teeing up with fighting. Things kind of start picking up, and I'm excited to see what happens. Now, I want to talk about this real quick too. As I go back to my screen and where I'm recording, there has been a rumor going around about possibly, maybe, that we will see an announcement this weekend that Terrence Bud Crawford and Earl Spence are going to announce for June they're going to fight. Here is my thing, and I mean this. I want that fight more than anybody. I want Terrence Bud Crawford versus Earl Spence Jr. on a silver platter. I need that fight. I want that fight. It needs to be Happen, but I mean this wholeheartedly if it does not get announced that weekend and it gets pushed back and we don't hear nothing for the rest of the year, I don't want to hear a single word from Terrence Bug Crawford or Earl the Truth Spence. I do not want to see a single word from neither one of them. Because, in my opinion, they can go to the Hall of Fame all they want. They can fight where they want. They did not fight each other. And I would never acknowledge how great... I'll say the thing. Good fighters, but they weren't great because they didn't fight each other. They need to fight. It needs to happen. The promoters are hurting it. Bud being back and forth with Top Rank hurt it. Spence's car wreck hurt it. And there's been so many... Can we just get this fight to happen? Now I want to talk about some heavyweight boxing. I want to talk about Tyson Fury. Fury talking about he the Usyk deal the 7:30 split something didn't happen it went awry it didn't happen and then of course you know we, we hear the bullshit now about he's gonna fight Andy Ruiz next possibly and I'm just sitting there thinking like okay can we just get something on paper please the heavyweight champions of the world Usyk and Josh Usyk and Fury are both back and forth I mean this wholeheartedly. I am so sick and tired of promoters and money killing this whole boxing hostage. I will say one thing about Dana White. He doesn't pay his guys worth the shit, but I tell you right now, he gets the fights to happen. He gets fights to happen. He does. I give him his credit, man, on that. I'm tired of watching these boxers sit there and, you know, just whatever. I read some of rumor about how Eddie Heard and Frank Warren proposed an idea in Saudi Arabia this this, this December Joshua, I mean, excuse me, Fury versus um, Usyk is the main event. In the semi-main event, Joshua versus Wilder, that will never happen. I don't see that ever happening because, in my opinion, um, Wilder and Joshua can sell a stadium on its own. Why would they want to be a semi-main event split purse? That 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 will never happen. So that's bullshit. And I want to talk about Anthony Joshua for a little bit. And I want just make this real clear. Anthony Joshua, if you hear this, which you probably never will, and I mean this, I think you have all the talent in the world. I think you are a big, strong heavyweight, and I think you have everything. But, Joshua, I watched your last fight, dude. You look tentative. You look scared. You are not aggressive. You are in your own head. You need to wake up and realize what you have. If not, if you fight a top 10, a top contender heavyweight like a Deontay Wilder, like a Tyson Fury, you are going to get hurt. Because it's not going to end well for you. If you fight Andrew Ruiz for a third time, you might get dropped again. We, you might not ever get up. You have to find confidence in yourself again. You have to find out where you're at. You have to find that inner dog that you have. You have to find that dog. If you don't, you're going to get hurt, or you need to get out of boxing. Because that last fight you had about a month ago was horrible. It was horrible. Andrew Reese has won a couple fights since his loss. Wilder looked good with his knockout holiness. I mean, Fury has looked good lately. I mean, Joshua, you're getting pushed away. Side. People are talking negative about you. They're not talking positive. Like, come on, man, Joshua. You've got talent, dude. you got to get this together, man. You've got to get this together. Get it together, man, because boxing needs you. It needs a strong British black heavyweight. It needs you, man. My God. Mm. So what is there talk about? So obviously, guys, next week on the show, as I close the deal on this, next week on the show, I am going to cover, talk about the Tank and Garcia fight, my opinion on that. I may have an Evil Dead Rise review for you guys, also I'm going to Nashville next week so I might throw a bonus episode in because I don't know if I'm going to be able to record the following week, but also, um, and also letting you know about some, oh, and one more thing, timeout, I got to talk about this, I got to talk a little pro wrestling right in the show, I just reminded myself, two things, WWE and AEW, oh, stretch my arms, okay, so plain and There's been a lot of speculation about the Endeavor sale with WWE and everything else. Vince's creative thing. Nick Khan came out and said, plain and simple, that Triple H is head of creative. Vince will have his input if Triple H asks for it. Plain and simple. Now, I will make this real clear to you guys. If you believe that, you can believe that. I believe it like with a grain of salt. I don't really... I mean, it is what it is. But I'll make this clear... Anything that Triple H has done lately has been really good. I think Raw was rewritten. It had Vince's stamp on everything. It wasn't real well done. The Raw Romania. Mania. But I hear people online bitching about Brock Lesnar working a program at Cody. And here's my thing. And I mean this. Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes is only going to do one thing. It is going to make Cody Rhodes get more and more over. The struggle to get the titles from Reigns from eventually. I don't know why you guys are, people are bitching. People were, the same people online that were criticizing Cody said, he hasn't struggled enough to beat, to win the titles. He gets beat, and now people are happy. Now they're saying, no, we don't want to work on our lesson. going to shove us down our throats. Which one is it? That was my chair that cracked. Which one is it? Which one is it? Which one is it, guys? Could somebody explain that to me. Because I don't know which one is which on that one. The stupidity, the, the stupidity you hear sometimes is just ridiculous uh, with you guys. Just stupid. Just dumb, man. My God. It's gonna get Cody Rose over. It will get him over. He wants a match with Lesnar back uh, WrestleMania Backlash. It, it's gonna be a good house in Puerto Rico. They're gonna do good business. Jesus. And also, by the way, Virgil Patton will be on that show to review that with me. He is going to be the WWE Pro the pay-per-view guy. That being said, let's talk a little AEW real quick. I mean this wholeheartedly about AEW. I'm a fan of AEW. I am critical of AEW because I want them to do well. I don't want them to go away. But I'm going to call a Spade. I'm going to call some folks out real quick. As you guys know, I do listen to Jim Cornette's podcast. He's not the only wrestling podcast I listen to JR's podcast. Listen to Jeff Jarrett's podcast. Listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast. I am fed up with this, with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez so fucking much right now. I'm fed up. There are reports that CM Punk is returning to AEW, which I think is great because AEW needs that shot in the arm right now. They need something. Um, I'm going to talk about it all uh, all out, all all in when we stay in two. People online are... Now saying great, but Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer put the spin of, because FTR has been pitching this idea that he will, that uh, FTR has been, well, Dax has been pitching, Dax whatever FTR has been pushing that. What if it was FTR and Punk versus the Elite, which is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega at Wembley Stadium, and all in, it would help sell some tickets, and I think it would do very really well. And Dave Meltzer says, well, they're trying to... T- basically alluding to the fact that Punk needs to apologize for what happened. And he feels like they're trying to sabotage Kenny Omega and Bryant uh, Brian and uh, the, the Young Bucks. You can go look it up on... C- Cornette did the, the video clip. It is so asinine and stupid what's coming out. They're making this assumption. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. What does CM Punk need to apologize for? Because in my opinion... Hangman Adam Page needs to apologize for what happened a year ago he needs to apologize Punk has no and listen I understand Punk should not have went off the deep end what he did on, on the, the, the all out media scrum I get that I understand that even though it was, I was with it but he should not have done it I understand that but it does not change the fact that EVPs the Bucks and Omega and Adam Page are guilty in this they had their hands tied in this because, let's be honest, insecurity sets in sometimes when you got guys like this. Like Punk. And then Meltzer said, well, they ought to do the job for the Bucks or anything else. No, that's Meltzer being a fanboy. Plain and simple, here's the thing, guys. When FTR got all the belts, all the world tag team titles, you know what the original plan was? They were supposed to have a match with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks were supposed to drop those tag titles to the FTR. They didn't do that. They dropped the titles to... Um, Oh my God! Who they dropped? Who they dropped the titles to? Oh, they dropped it to the Lucha Brothers. Instead, they were supposed to get those belts. The belt FTR was supposed to get the belts, back. they dropped it to the Lucha Brothers instead. And it's just to the point where I'm just sitting there scratching my fucking head, going like, "They were supposed to have that big match, and it never happened. They never, they never did it. So you mean to tell me that the Elite are supposed to go over? Punk and FTR for what reason? What reason at all? I'll tell you what the problem is. FTR has an issue with this because, I mean, not FTR. The Bucks have a problem and Omega have a problem because they know damn well. Let's be honest. Outside of the hardcore audience, nobody outside of that hardcore audience gives a fucking single three or three or shits or fucks about them. They just don't. Plain and simple. They just don't. CM Punk moves needles in ratings, hands down. He does, plain and simple. He does, he does, he does. Meanwhile, however, you get these guys over here that are newster, seven hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand viewers. Punk comes in, he moves the needle. If you want to sell tickets and all out, all in, and women's, and by the way, come, hey guys congratulations on booking that that's awesome i'm happy for them i think it's awesome that they're doing that show but if you mean to tell me that people online are bitching about here's the thing also with that as i got off West tangent people online are complaining about they're not gonna put 90,000 people in Wembley stand they might not they might cut off a center and do 50 or 60,000 people that's great fantastic but I mean this: people are showing up the clips of Summerslam last year when they had half the stadium tarped off. Like, well, keep that same energy for this. Listen, guys, you guys are nitpicking the fact that okay, they're not gonna sell. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do a WrestleMania attendance. That's fine, whatever. And for the AEW fans out there that are bitching and complaining or going back and forth talking about well our company's better work. we know how to finish stories and everything else listen can we just be in the middle and just appreciate wrestling on both sides because I don't want a monopoly for 20 years I just don't I just don't i us take a sip of my water and that's it on that that note um, but why does Punk have to apologize what does FTR have to apologize? What, what What is this narrative Melcher trying to spin? It's just some guy trying to stir some shit. Plain and simple because his favorite wrestlers are not being pushed to the top because when Punk comes back we all know he's going straight to the top again. And another thing I want to make this real clear too about Chris Jericho. Another guy. Jericho's been adamant about people but Punk has said he's came back he's willing to work with people and everything else and the tweet got out and Jericho quote tweeted saying not everyone. And it's like, okay, Chris, we know you're the big star of the company. We know. I'm so sick of Chris Jericho. Who wants to work? Anybody that Jericho has touched outside of MJF recently has gotten worse. His Eddie Kingston fit, fit, feud. How will that do for Eddie Kingston? Think about it. His feud with Ricky Starks. Starks is now feud with Juice Robinson. He's kind of been thought, forgot about. I mean, I can, the, every guy that Jericho has touched. Orange Cassidy, okay, I guess so. He's done, he's done well for himself. And MJF, those two guys are the only guys that have benefited from Jericho. Nobody else has in that company. His feud with Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston was red hot. They had a chance, Eddie Kingston, to make Eddie Kingston somebody. Eddie Kingston physically looks like shit, and he knows he does. Eddie Kingston's an old school guy that you believe can kick somebody's ass. And Jericho had a chance, and Jericho made him worse. Ricky starts an over-babyface that has ability and charisma, can be something one day. Fizzled out a little bit, hasn't he? He's kind of dried out. It's kind of like with Ward, what happened with Wardlow when he got away from MJF. He's kind of just became another guy on the roster. And everybody, and I know this too, if you really want to sell some tickets, Jericho versus CM Punk will sell some tickets. The problem is, do you think CM Punk wants to work with Jericho if it hasn't involved the sports entertainment bullshit and Jake Hager's hat Punk don't want to do that shit it's stupid It's it doesn't make any sense Jericho and Punk on the microphone would sell some tickets if it was just straight up and was about business and it didn't involve the sideshow aspects of the, the, the appreciation society and shit I'm just whatever I just don't know it's just drama it's just drama and bullshit with AEW every time I look up it's always so. every time there's something positive with AEW something negative comes out every time and I wish I wasn't like this one about it but I'm going to be like this just (sighs) Tony Khan in three or four years I pray to God I'm wrong is going to look up one day and say I had a hot thing to do and it kind of fizzled out and that's the truth that is the truth of things plain and simple that being said guys I appreciate you guys listening this week always I appreciate you guys sticking by me and you know listening to this program and I apologize I did go on some rambles this week but I didn't really have a lot to talk about and I made something out of it but anyway guys until next week guys just letting you guys all know I don't bullshit I tell it like it is straight up have a good one y'all